I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Celebrate and save big at Harvey Norman's 18th birthday sale. We're celebrating 18 years in Ireland with big savings across our massive range of laptops and smartwatches. Get the GeoBook 140 laptop built to excel at everyday computing. Lightweight and compact with a 14-inch HD screen. Now 279, save 120 euro. Or get the Garmin Venue GPS smartwatch. Now only 299, save 60 euro. Shop these birthday deals and so much more in-store and online at Harvey Norman's 18th birthday sale. Don't miss out. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely cool and chill, if I do say so myself. In our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird?, we'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of your favorite comedians, musicians, and other A list celebrities. Sorry, we're major. Listen to How Did We Get Weird from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm Sammy J, and we're back with season three of my podcast, Let's Be Real with Sammy J. As part of Gen Z, I love that my generation is inspiring change, and I'm so excited to talk to more celebrities, activists, athletes, and influencers to find out what they're passionate about, how they're changing the world, or helping others feel less alone. Season three is going to be exciting, revealing, and empowering. Listen to Let's Be Real with Sammy J on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Quick heads up, this episode discusses sexual violence and rape. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rise Up for Children OUR Gala. And I stand here tonight beyond honored, not to just work for this organization, but to stand here on this stage and welcome this man to the stage. And I ask you, Don't just welcome him. Pray for him. So what we're listening to is a live stream fundraiser for a group we've been investigating for a few months now called Operation Underground Railroad, or OUR. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to introduce to you Mr. Tim Ballard. It's run by this guy named Tim Ballard. He's the founder and sort of most recognizable face of the organization. We will go to the darkest places on this planet to find those in need. Our operators will do that. They are the heroes. They are the heroes, and you are the heroes. This is in November, well into the pandemic. Millions of children and women who are enslaved. We get to be part of finding these children, bringing them back to their families. We will never, ever give up. OUR has become very popular by now, and they say that they raised a quarter of a million dollars during this fundraiser. There are literally millions of families, parents, mothers, and fathers who do not know where their children are. This is what should be the headline every day until we have solved this problem. That is still our hope. That is still our prayer. 
This group has gotten really big in the last couple of years to the point where it really drew our attention. And as we started to dig in, we found that the stories that they tell about their work and these claims that they make about these international military-style rescue missions just don't hold up. Track down child traffickers. They liberate enslaved children in countries across the world. Operation Underground Railroad has not only exposed the world of child sex trafficking, but has literally gone in to fight it. This little girl, and this is a very typical, raped for money every day, 30 to 40 times a day. If that's not a crisis, if that's not an emergency, I don't know what is. This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Arielle Zimmers. I'm Anna Merlin, a senior reporter for Vice's site, Motherboard. I'm Tim Marchman, editorial director of features at Motherboard. So Anna, Tim, you two teamed up for the last nine months or so, right? Yeah. yeah. To report on this group called Operation Underground Railroad. Can you just tell me first off, what is Operation Underground Railroad? So Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit foundation based in the U.S. It started up in 2013 with the mission to fight sex trafficking and specifically child sex trafficking all over the world. And they have grown a lot in the last few years, have become very high profile, in fact. They have partnered with celebrities like Glenn Beck and Tony Robbins, the famous self-help guru. It's this army of men and women who are unbelievably dedicated and incredibly effective. Various actresses and athletes have also partnered with OUR to promote the organization. The coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What we do for a living is an awesome platform to help our community and our country come together. He's supported OUR in the past. And in the last couple of years, they've gotten uh, a lot more support as QAnon narratives about child sex trafficking have become increasingly prevalent. The conspiracy theory QAnon has cracked into mainstream discourse. So this might be kind of obvious at this point, but I'm sort of getting a conservative right-wing vibe from this group. Yeah, that's true. But it actually has pretty broad appeal. The narrative they put out is that there's this huge problem in the world of child sex trafficking that they can fix directly. In the last tax records that are publicly available, OUR made $21 million in donations and grants in the year of 2019. If me and my team don't find these kids and go for these kids, no one is going to. What we found is that they are often selling a bill of goods that is not entirely accurate and, according to a lot of experts we spoke to, might even be contributing to the problem of trafficking. Okay, so tell me more about what OUR does, practically speaking. Like, what does it mean when they say that they fight sex trafficking? So... OUR operates on what's called the raid and rescue model. People with experience in the military or in law enforcement go in and purportedly rescue victims of trafficking. That has been prominent since probably the early aughts. Part of the context for OUR is dating back to the George W. Bush administration 
The U.S. government has been scoring foreign countries on how they fight against human trafficking. It's pretty serious. Foreign governments and foreign law enforcement agencies are definitely willing to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that they hit the marks the State Department wants them to hit. And one of the ways, um, in some cases, they found themselves able to do so is by working with uh, groups like OUR. So we have reached out to OUR multiple times and asked for interviews with their founder, Tim Ballard, but they have declined these invitations. What they do say in their promotional materials and when Ballard speaks publicly is that these countries don't have the money to deal with trafficking or that there is just too much corruption in these countries to adequately address the problem. And that's why OUR was founded. And what they do is recruit volunteers Specifically, they say they are looking for people with a law enforcement or military background to be part of sting operations by OUR in foreign countries. They say that these volunteers will help arrest traffickers and rescue trafficked people in cooperation with local law enforcement. For a, for a volunteer job, that sounds pretty intense and, and sort of specialized. Yeah, This is how they do their direct action work, and we know that this is how they do it because it's all on their YouTube page. I'll show you. We're watching OUR operatives somewhere in Haiti. We're not sure where. And the video says they're training police officers. It shows them practicing with zip tie, handcuffs, helping them aim guns. Perimeter one is going to blow past the strike team. OUR operatives scour the city in a van, along with local law enforcement. They spot suspects, burst out, and arrest them. And at the end of the video, we see the blurred faces of what appears to be young girls, and the words appear on screen, Now their healing begins. It really, this this feels like a trailer for a movie. And these sting operations that they're doing and then posting about online, this is all legal? So in terms of U.S. law, OUR and groups like it are acting as private citizens. If they act in concert with local law enforcement in foreign countries and they're operating under local law in those countries, then... Yes, everything's legal. Our operators and our aftercare teams are in the darkest corners of the earth all the time doing heroic work. But OUR's faced criticism from experts we know for some time that this raid and rescue style isn't as effective as they make it out to be. One of the first things we looked into was one of their most high-profile cases involving a girl they've called Liliana. Well, thank you very much, everybody. We appreciate it. We're here to talk about human trafficking on the southern border. In 2019, Tim Ballard, the founder of OUR, was invited to the White House to share Liliana's story. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks. One little girl I can tell you about. In fact, I introduced this little girl to Miss to Trump uh, during a private briefing. This little girl was kidnapped in Central America, 11 years old, groomed for two years with the intent of getting her ready to come to America. They brought this little girl through a, a part of the, of the southern border where there was no wall, easily got her to New York City, and this is hard to hear, but this is the truth, and everyone needs to hear this. 
This little girl, and this is a very typical, raped for money every day, 30 to 40 times a day. If that's not a crisis, if that's not an emergency, I don't know what is. Ballard tells this story on repeat in highlighting the need for the border wall. He delivered it in congressional testimony. He's written about it in op-eds. He's talked about it on the news. But the case is simply nothing like what Ballard says it was. Wait, what do you mean by that? So we found the court transcripts and records from the sex trafficking case that Liliana was involved with. Uh, We found in those transcripts and records that she is from Mexico, not Central America. She was 14, not 11, when she was trafficked, and she was not kidnapped. She came across the border willingly with a romantic partner. The fact that she went willingly with a boyfriend speaks to the complicated nature of sex trafficking and how often people are victimized by people that they're in relationships with. It is a lot more complicated than being kidnapped. Ballard also asserts that OUR helped Liliana, quote, escape her hell. He's used that phrase. Um, But as we found out through court testimony and transcripts, she rescued herself. No one had anything to do with it but herself and her fellow survivors. Okay, so OUR is misrepresenting what happened to Liliana. How did the organization respond when you asked them about this? You know, we asked about these details and this story, and they gave us two statements. In one, they said that the organization is, quote, committed to supporting survivors in their healing process from sex trafficking, abuse, and exploitation. And then they also wrote in a separate statement that Vice's, quote, agenda-driven objective is to comb through years of information in an effort to find any even minor discrepancy and to twist anything found into a negative portrayal of an honorable organization. So we published this information in our first story about OUR, and right after that, we started hearing from more and more people who had actually worked with and for them. And that changed everything for our investigation. That's after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Thank <laughs> you. 
Why do phone plans come with a catch? With 48, they don't. 100 gigs, all calls, all texts for 10.99. Forever. And a free gig to try our reliable 4G network before you buy. Just 10.99. 10.99. 10.99. 10.99. Simple. Any way you hear it. 48. Changing up mobile. Fair use applies. See 48.e. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Okay, so Tim and Anna, you started looking into this anti-trafficking group, Operation Underground Railroad, to see what these operations were really like, right? Were they actually helping people out on these missions? So that's a really interesting question. Um, after our first story, we heard from a lot of people who have worked with and for OUR. One of the most interesting people we talked to was a young man we'll call William, who was trained to do one of these missions. So we've agreed to keep some details about you not public. Can you tell us uh, a bit about yourself generally, who and, who and where you are? Definitely. So I'm from Texas. So William's not this guy's real name. Uh, we change it to protect his privacy. He's concerned that if he speaks out about his experiences with OUR, supporters might, you know, harass him. Religion was a big part of my life growing up. I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. I was an anti-human trafficking activist for quite a few years before actually getting involved with OUR. When he was a young guy, he was really concerned about the issue of sex trafficking. At one point, he found a video of Operation Underground Railroad that featured Tim Ballard and some of his operatives going to Haiti. And that struck William as the kind of work he wanted to be doing. So when he was quite young, he wasn't even old enough to, to drink, he applied to OUR. Much to his surprise, they actually bring him in. How did it feel when you were accepted? It was great. It was one of the happiest days of my life. They were going to give me this world-class training because that's how they present themselves. It just felt like it would be a more proactive, a more direct way of helping the victims of human trafficking. He goes to this multi-day training in 2018 in some generic hotel conference room in Idaho. And even though this training is purportedly led by people with a military background, William says the training consisted mostly of things you do at summer camp. But on the third day of training, we had a scavenger hunt that we had to do. A scavenger and hunt. A scavenger hunt. A lot of our training really just consisted of activities that felt like they were for kids. And a lot of this doesn't make that much sense to William, but he's going along with it until the last day at a session with one of the head trainers, the guy, in fact, who's leading the training. 
he tells us about you know how proud he is of us and that we made it to the end and we should be proud of ourselves. He starts to tell us about how important it is that we represent who you are and you know the risks that can come with it. So he starts saying that uh, they're an NGO, we're not a government agency. That means that if anything goes wrong, OUR gets shut down. And you know that's fair, uh, but I don't know what he's referring to. Then the trainer explains. So he says, "Gentlemen, we're all red-blooded American males. We're visual creatures. So at any time you may feel tempted to do something with one of the women." You need to tell us so we can get you out of there. Many men have come before and told me they feel tempted, and I respect them so much for it. All right, so OUR is telling these recruits, who are there to help victims of sex trafficking, that it is possible that they might feel attracted to these women and children that they are supposedly saving. Exactly. Yeah. William's saying that, according to this trainer for OUR, that there's a history of OUR volunteers going on these raids, saying that they're tempted by, you know, women who are survivors of sex trafficking, who they're supposed to be saving or rescuing. We asked OUR about this and the other claims William made, and they did not respond. It was such a jarring and shocking thing to hear from the people who are supposed to be rescuing victims that, oh, by the way, as an operative, you might exploit one of the victims. I couldn't even wrap my head around it at the time. I gotta say, all of this really gives me the creeps. I also really don't like the term tempted by because that always makes me feel like it's actually the victim's fault, which is clearly not. Right. Okay, so William is done with the training. Does he actually go on a mission? Does he get into OUR? So he was offered a spot on the jump team. Uh, He was very disillusioned, didn't want to, after having had that experience. Not only did I feel I was extremely underprepared to go out as a private citizen with no training provided by OUR, what happened on that last day just completely shattered my image of them. And it was just someone that I no longer wanted to align myself with. One of the things that we found really significant about William's story is that this is a group that talks up its macho military background, but here they are about to send a really inexperienced young guy out of the country to combat human trafficking and rescue kids, even though he doesn't have any obvious qualifications and he clearly doesn't feel willing or ready to do this. It doesn't square with the narrative they tell about their expertise in this field. So were you actually able to talk to somebody on the record about how these raids actually go down? So, yeah, we've actually talked to several people who have been on raids with OUR, but they are not people who can be recorded for the podcast. And then we met Meg Conley. Meg, thank you for being here. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Meg Conley. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she wrote an essay for Slate about her experience going on one of these raids with OUR. So back in 2014, Meg met Tim Ballard through the Mormon church. Her parents attended church with him. And one day, Tim gives Meg a call just out of the blue. He talks on the phone like he talks in his fundraising videos. Like he's very um, assured. And, you know, he starts sort of telling her about 
how he started OUR, about how, you know, they're going to do this work and save these children that nobody else is willing to do. He said he had read my work, he really liked my writing, and felt like I would be able to tell um, this story in a way that no one else could. And then he asked her, Would I be interested in coming on a raid and writing about it so that people understood um, what work they were doing? I had been writing in, I mean, I hate the term mommy blog because I think it is reductive, but I had been essentially a mommy blogger for a couple of years and I gained some readership, especially within LDS spaces. And at the time, did you have any sort of interest or background in sort of anti-human trafficking activism or work of that kind? No. <laughs> That seems like a really big jump from what essentially is, you know, a mommy blogger to hunting sex traffickers. Yeah, but, you know, she said that she felt like this was a calling for a greater mission. LDS women up until the 90s, early 2000s were raised to be homemakers. And so I was making this home uh, and not finding much meaning in it. My dad had died, and so I was... Uh, in this deep grief. And so when Tim Ballard told me he'd been called by God to fight evil in the world, it felt like a work that I wasn't qualified to do, but I was qualified to witness and write about. By the time we hung up, um, I had committed. Within just a few weeks, and with the exchange of just a few emails between her and the OUR team, she's in the Dominican Republic honesting operation. Everybody is like kind of like vibrating with this um, anticipatory energy. The atmosphere in the house was um, like this Chris Christmas Eve atmosphere. And uh, that felt uh, odd for me because I was afraid. And I also felt worried about everyone because even if the raid went really well the next day, I knew I was going to see some people who were going to be arrested and then imprisoned, which is no small thing, no matter what a person has done. As I fell asleep that night, the jump team was loudly doing CrossFit by the pool as a way to uh, get ready for the, the raid the next morning. So this was the plan. Someone on Ballard's team had convinced an alleged trafficker in the Dominican Republic to come to the house with as many kids as they could find. Tim would give a signal for local law enforcement to raid the house. So Meg says that Tim had told them that once he gave the signal, everyone in the backyard would go upstairs until the raid was over. And wait up there while the raid happened. It sounds like a movie, right? Like you're in like this like cut-rate uh, Jason Bourne movie. And the whole thing is being filmed for a documentary, again, to raise awareness, supposedly. And so they asked Meg to sort of help make the space kind of look authentic, like people were uh, ready for a sex party. They said, um, we want it to look like a party. We want it to look like we, like this is real. We're really expecting to have like, like a good time today. Um, why don't you blow up some balloons? 
it felt ridiculous even at the time. And this is when I still uh, believed in what they were doing. And the party bus arrived uh, and the kids uh, were sent out the back door. And it was uh, my job to greet them. The youngest ones looked like middle schoolers, dressed the way that my 12-year-old would dress if she was going to a pool party. Remember, Meg was there apparently to write about this raid, not be part of it. I was told again and again that I would not be around the actual raid. While I was outside with the children, um, you know, just smiling and passing out chips and soda, someone opens the back door, a jump team member, and says, Meg, uh, Tim wants you inside. So she goes inside, and Tim Ballard is inside with a group of men who she later finds out are the alleged traffickers. And she is there as Ballard counts out money onto a coffee table and then gives a signal for the raid to begin. It's so chaotic, and all I can think is like, I wasn't supposed to be in this room. And so I move to the back door as quickly as I can. And when uh, I open it, there's a man with a gun there. And he's yelling at me to get down because I'm being arrested. And so I end up on the floor um, next to traffickers. So what's going through your mind? What the fuck? (laughs) OUR and a group that helped them on this mission both claim the Dominican police did ultimately arrest seven people accused of sex trafficking, though we haven't been able to independently verify that. And then when the kids are led through the house, it's, you know, their bare legs and uh, feet and um, some of them are, they're crying, like you can hear them crying, even though you can't see them because you're on the floor face down. Um, and um, like, because some of them had been in the pool as they're walking over me, like, I, like, water is dropping onto my arm, but they're also crying, and so you don't know, like, whether the water's coming, you know, from their eyes or their bathing suits. So OUR claimed that 26 people were rescued that day, 13 of whom were children. However, Meg asked people on the jump team where those 26 people were taken. So what she found out is that, according to a local organization called the National Council for Children and Adolescents, it didn't have the capacity to actually take in those 26 women and girls who were rescued. And they were actually released in less than a week. So they set up a sting operation that they put together. And then they lose track of the children they supposedly saved. Right. And in fact, this story actually brings up another issue. One of the primary criticisms of OUR that we've heard over and over from sex trafficking experts is that they may actually inadvertently be creating demand for these victims by showing up in developing countries and offering a lot of money in exchange for people bringing underage victims to them. I was told on the raid that two of the kids were trafficked for the first time that day for this raid, which means that OUR created demand that was fulfilled.
OUR disputes this. They say that their operating procedures clearly state that, quote, at no time are we to create demand for trafficking victims, unquote. But if this story is true, if that's the case in many instances, then they're actually creating the problem that they claim to be fixing. How has OUR responded to Meg's claims? So OUR didn't really push back on anything she was saying. What they did was put out a fact sheet, and they also put out a video where Tim Ballard, in a very aggressive and animated fashion, talked about how wonderful the operation had been. Hey everyone, Tim Ballard here, founder of Operation Underground Railroad. Super excited to talk about a case we did seven years ago. In 2014, our first real functional year, it turned out to be really one of the most successful cases we worked, especially early on. But it turns out that this raid might be a huge liability for them. So we first learned back in October that a local prosecutor was looking into OUR to find out whether they had essentially defrauded donors. But since then, what we've learned is that the investigation is much, much larger. It's not just a local prosecutor who's involved. It's also the IRS, the Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI. Among the matters being looked into are whether OUR operators have engaged in sexual acts with human trafficking victims, whether operators have been intoxicated while on missions, and whether OUR has committed human trafficking itself by enticing people who were not previously traffickers with large sums of money. We've asked OUR numerous times for an interview with Tim Ballard and other executives, but they've always declined. They did give us a statement this past March, which reads in part, quote, In carrying out its mission, OUR has sought to comply with all laws that regulate nonprofits since its inception in 2013. We have remained highly focused on our financial stewardship of donor funds and being transparent about OUR's use of the great financial support we receive from our donors. If asked, OUR will cooperate fully with any official inquiry into its operations. End quote. And of course, in response to our reporting, they have denied any wrongdoing, uh, even as they continue to make claims about the way they save victims of trafficking that, as we have been reporting, do not totally hold up to scrutiny. But at the same time, there does seem to be a shift in understanding on this. There are several examples of former OUR people sort of publicly distancing themselves, not just from the group, but from the raid and rescue model overall. And there are more people like Meg who are speaking out and telling donors that this isn't the most helpful response if you want to stop trafficking. This isn't like Gotham and Ballard isn't Batman. Victims and survivors need to be provided with a community and culture in which um, they can be found, yes, and healed, of course, but um, on terms that they determine and in ways in which people like me are supporting them instead of supporting Ballard. What are ways that have actually been proven to help people in sex trafficking situations? Because 
Of course, I totally understand why somebody would want to intervene or or help victims in these situations, right? Like this is sort of unquestionably a bad thing that exists in the world. What the experts have told us is that you help people bolster their livelihoods. You help people, for instance, figure out ways to earn money in their home villages so they don't have to leave home. And that work does not look like a Vin Diesel movie. It's clear that people are concerned about trafficking, whether that comes from QAnon or perhaps a genuine human rights mission. And people want a way to help. And so groups like OUR are gaining a lot of traction because trafficking is a prominent issue. It has broad appeal as an issue in the world. But after talking to experts and people close to the group, what we found is that OUR is potentially contributing to the problem, not helping it. And that is not widely understood at all. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. At Centro, we have everything you need in the Centro range with great quality food and everyday prices. Like Centro Homestyle Oven Chips, 1.5 kilo, only €1.55. Centro Gold Blend 80 tea bags, only €1.40. And Centro Fresh Irish Part Bone Chicken Breasts, 610 gram, only €5. Centro, live every day. River Cafe Table 4 is a brand new podcast with me, Ruthie Rogers, the founder and chef of the River Cafe in London. River Cafe Table 4 takes us on a food journey around the world with friends like Paul McCartney. John Lennon and I hitchhiked to Paris and we thought, oh, we've got to have a wine experience. We're in France. And we took a sip and thought, that is terrible. It's like vinegar. So join us at River Cafe Table 4 to hear this brand new podcast all about their memories, their travels and the food they turn to for comfort. Listen to River Cafe Table 4 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The reviews are in, and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela, She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive, and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns, five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. 
After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping. And the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Vice World News asked Operation Underground Railroad about the allegations from William and from Meg Conley. But the organization didn't get back to us. Special thanks to Tim Marchman and Anna Merlin. You can read more of their reporting at vice.com. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Puchel, Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Cabedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Aviza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. From iHeart executive producers Nikki Etor and Lindsay Hoffman. I'm Ariel Zuemros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time. I say this all the time. But for real, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. It really does help other people find this show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. Do you fancy winning a €5,000 tip-to-toe personal and wardrobe transformation? Frascati Centre Blackrock want one lucky winner to enjoy a makeover from their extensive brands. That's in fashion and footwear, body and beauty, fine foods and fitness. You can enter yourself or nominate someone you know who would love this fabulous prize. Join me, Lorraine Keane, along with a team of health, fitness, food and fashion experts ready to take you on your journey to the new and best you. FrascatiCentre.ie Hi, this is Allie Wentworth, host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. You told me you chased him with a butcher knife (laughs) and tried to cut off his penis, but that's his version and everybody has a different Everybody has two two sides of every story. Exactly. All new episodes of Go Ask Allie release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Allie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely cool and chill, if I do say so myself. In our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird?, we'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of your favorite comedians, musicians, and other A-list celebrities. Sorry, we're major. Listen to How Did We Get Weird? from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.